look around you and be present. Perhaps you will see an inspiring sunset or sunrise. Maybe it's just seeing nature framed directly in front of you, the creatures of the earth, birds, insects, lizards, or maybe it's an interaction that you have with an individual that's driving you someplace or somebody who's giving you your food on the other side of a counter. Maybe it's a new friend that you've met. The beauty of this experience is always at our fingertips. But as we become more connected to our phones, as we become more connected to our computers, it seems that maybe we've forgotten. It's a small world after all. So sit back, grab yourself a cup of coffee or whatever it is that you're into. You're listening to America Emboldened with Greg Bolden on the America Out Loud Network. You don't know what they sacrifice. We have lost touch with the principles in the Constitution. Nobody's read the Declaration of Independence. You are voting for socialism, and you got what you voted for. Welcome, bold Americans, to another episode of America Emboldened. I'm your host, Greg Bolden, here on the America Out Loud Network. As always, go over to americaoutloud.news, where you can check out all my colleagues' work, as well as join the 24-7 America Out Loud talk radio network, where there's always something on putting America first. That's available in all of your favorite app stores. You can download the America Out Loud app, where you can find the shows, as well as this one, one of your favorite podcasts. Well, first and foremost, uh, you may notice that this show sounds just a little bit different than most of my other shows. Perhaps my voice is coming through on a different sounding equipment. Well, you are accurate because I'm down here in Orlando, Florida, recording live just outside Walt Disney World. Now, I have a beautiful uh, swamp that I'm looking at right now with this walkway that's going by, outlined by trees and high-rise hotels uh, just off to the side. But you may hear the sounds of nature while I'm recording today's episode, and that's okay. I wanted to record because I had a bunch of ideas for shows that I would do down here. But as I started getting into these show ideas, I discovered that I didn't have as much interest in telling the stories that I thought that I would have. For instance, I started off with my camera and uh, I was going through Animal Kingdom with this concept of how woke is Disney. But what I discovered was Disney isn't nearly as woke in the theme parks as perhaps people may think it is. Uh, for just a kind of a quick little reference, as you're walking around, no, there's not a bunch of wokeness put out in front of everybody. Now, when you go into their stores, when you go into their stores, I did find some things that were a little bit more on the interesting side, but that was really uh, not that big of a deal, quite honestly. It really wasn't. So I was kind of curious, does Disney deserve the rap that they get when we talk about family values, when we talk about whether or not Disney is trying to indoctrinate children and all of those other things? Well, my children have been here for the last, uh, I don't know, three days now, and I can report that none of them is reporting that they're gay. Um, that has not happened yet. Uh, my son has not started feeling like a, a girl, and my daughter has not started feeling like a man. 
So the indoctrination of my family is not going as planned, Disney. You're not doing a good enough job. However, apparently Captain America is gay. And I'm only saying that because as we went into Animal Kingdom's uh, store, they have the uh, Captain America Disney ears with gay pride alongside it. Something I didn't know. So I, I, I had no idea that back in World War II, the gay pride was such a thing in the Captain America uh, era. But uh, honestly, if, I, if I'm being funny and I'm being facetious and joking, it's just simply because a lot of what I hear about what Disney is doing and actually what I'm experiencing here on the ground, it's two completely different things. And I want to point that out for listeners. Now, what I am experiencing here at Disney is a little bit different than what I was expecting. I'm experiencing interactions with people from all over this entire planet. Disney seems to bring people from different countries together into their parks, but I'm also meeting a lot of people that are immigrating to Florida right now. And it's a small world. It's a small world after all. That's exactly what I'm discovering, and that's the message I'd like to bring to listeners today as I expand on both that ride and what I'm learning. Now, you've heard about immigration issues coming into this country. Well, one of the immigration issues that I didn't really have on my radar was the amount of illegal immigrants that are um, coming to this country through South America into Florida. Uh, through other countries coming to the Dominican Republic, uh, people still coming through from Cuba, people that have came over the borders and have found their way into Florida. And uh, these individuals are uh, working in many different ways. Uh, so some of mine have been, uh, people that I've met have been Uber drivers and Lyft drivers. And their stories are all very interesting for why they chose to come here. And before, you know, anybody has any judgment about that, a lot of it has always been that they are escaping uh, really bad economic conditions. I was speaking with somebody who came from Venezuela just recently, and he was explaining that people were starving uh, near where he was living just 10 years ago. Uh, so he really had no opportunity but to try to get out of that area and uh, get up to the United States. Uh, he did make a stop in the Cuba, and he said that Cuba was actually better than Venezuela, where he was, that he had better opportunities there. Uh, all these drivers and people that we've met have been just awesome to talk to, uh, really fun individuals. I only had maybe one person that really didn't speak much, uh, which if you know me, if I'm in an Uber car with you, I want to talk. Um, and my family probably hates that about me, but I love making conversation with people when I meet them. Uh, and then we had another driver that uh, he spoke, but it was just, I didn't get a good vibe, but he wasn't actually from this area. He was from the Bronx. Um, but that's not anything against the Bronx. I'm just saying, like, isn't it kind of funny that the people that are telling me they illegally immigrated here, and yes, uh, those are the conversations, um, I got a better vibe from than the people that are legally here and just moved to Florida from the Bronx. So it's a small world. That is the theme of the day. And uh, yes, immigration, it's a problem. Why are people coming here? No, I don't think it's to run drugs and to rape and pillage our children and daughters and tra human traffic them. Not to minimize that that doesn't happen, but a lot of people are coming here just for a better opportunity as I witnessed in the multiple interactions I've had just so far in the first three days speaking with individuals. Now in the theme parks, 
I'm meeting people from all over the world. And I, I literally all over the world. Some aren't even speaking English. Just yesterday, I actually had a really cool run in. I uh, was riding the Pirates of the Caribbean ride. And I looked over and I saw a gentleman standing just on the other side of the queue line. And I saw that his face had some bruises and cuts. And I was like, oh, he's a fighter. How do I know him? And uh, after a couple of minutes, I realized that was Jose Cepeda. Now, Jose Cepeda is a Mexican-American professional boxer who has like 28 KOs. He just boxed down in Orlando. And I was able to get my photo with him after the ride. I didn't want to bother him while he was with family. But it just so happened when we got off the ride, I turned and he was standing next to me. So that was really neat to, to meet him. Uh, what a gracious guy, too. He's very kind. Uh, didn't have uh, any type of boxer attitude or anything. He's like, oh, yeah, I'll get a photo with you. Absolutely. Thanks for your support, etc. Um, it's a small world. That, again, it's a theme. Like, what are the odds running to a professional boxer who's one of the best to enter the ring? I think he was ranked at the height of his career, the top five boxers in the entire world. Um, so that was pretty cool. But as we're going through Disney, <clears throat> my son uh, in Magic Kingdom, he loves It's a Small World. That is his absolute favorite ride. I've always been annoyed by the ride because it's just incessant with the song. Da, 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 da. And after a while, I just want to get off the ride. It's 10 minutes and 30 seconds long of torturous hell of that music. But because last time we came down here, he went on the ride three times and it brought a smile to his face as any parent would do. You ride the ride. And so we made our plans to go over to It's a Small World. And when we got in line, it was the same exact time that Tron notified us that they were queuing our ride that we could get on the brand new Tron light cycle. So, of course, I'm sitting there going, oh, my God, I can't miss the Tron light cycle run ride. It's brand new. I haven't been on it yet, but I got to get through It's a Small World. And wouldn't you know, It's a Small World stops. The ride stops for about 10 minutes and now I'm really upset. I'm like, you gotta be kidding me. But then it starts back up, we get on and the ride begins. And as I'm going through this, I decided I'd video it so my son can watch this ride anytime that he wants. And there are some things that stuck out to me during this, uh, this experience yesterday. And I wanted to make an episode about this for everybody else. So that way, maybe you can experience the message that I experienced. And I'm sure I'm not going to do it full justice, but I'm going to try my absolute best to do so. So I believe that It's a Small World is perhaps the greatest story in all of Disney. It has the deepest existentialism into the message and theme of the ride. And I'm not sure why I never picked up on this before. If you follow all the different rooms as you go through, it starts off with a welcome to life with multiple cultures as you go. They have a band playing, there's people dancing from all over the world, and the ride kind of enters you into this Willy Wonka chocolate factory type of look as uh, you're just seeing these dolls on these mechanics move on and move by. And there's a festival that's going on as if to welcome somebody to life. And it reminded me of when my children were born, how everybody comes together 
all family. They show up to your home, to the hospital. You have baby showers, you have welcomings, you have the christening, you have all these different things that happen that start the welcoming process in celebration when a life comes into the world. And so you see all these people celebrating. I, I really believe that as you enter this tunnel, it was an artistic representation of a child being welcomed to this world and welcomed to life. And so we hear it's a small world after all. It's a world of laughter, a world of tears, right? And so it starts off with this great celebration. But as you move through, you start seeing people from all over the world doing their own celebrations and the language of the psalm changes. You got butterflies flying, and as we continue on, by the third room, we get to nature. We get to the animals that are dancing alongside the people. Um, this is where things started to get to me, where I was like, you know what? I think that I've ignored this part of the ride before. I've ignored the part where it's if we just stop for a quick little moment, that there's not much that separates all of us that the world we have much more in common than we have that separates us that all of us would like to just enjoy life as a party including the animals around us would like to be able to enjoy their lives without much interruption from humans and so this ride is probably one of the most awoke rides in all of Disney, but not in a bad way. It's a woke ride in the way of, we share a lot of things in common. Can we learn to live together? And if my show was created as a show that was supposed to figure out how can we converse with people that think differently than us, then we gotta have the ability to have an open-mindedness that yes, people will think differently than us, but we all deserve the same right to live on this globe. We all deserve the same right to have the same freedoms to express ourselves. And we all deserve the same opportunities, even if we don't like how somebody else is doing something because it is their right. If it's not harming you, why do you care so much? Again, if it's not harming you, there's nothing wrong with having a problem with something that is harming you. And I want to make sure that my listeners understand I'm not advocating or defending that type of harmful behavior, but that's not really the common part. Like, okay. So if I go into a Disney store here at the park and they have a gay pride section where their clothing has rainbows on it, does it really bother me that much? Is it going to turn my children gay? I don't think so. I don't think so whatsoever. Um, I choose not to buy the shirt because it's not a shirt that I care the wearer quite personally. I don't need rainbows on everything that I'm doing. Um, I don't need rainbows with my Avengers. I just think that, you know, Disney is pushing the inclusivity with uh, their brand and the pride. But if I'm just thinking it's a small world after all, if, if that brings somebody joy, if they go, you know what? I feel better because I'm including individuals that are not included normally in the store, even if Disney might overcourse correct on that, then it's a small world after all. And I think I can deal with that. I think you should be able to deal with that as well. I don't think it's that threatening to people. Just like 
the politics in this world. You know, not everything is a threat to all of us. Sometimes there's not even that much we can all do about it. So how did this ride come to be? Who created this ride? Because as you go through it, the ride gets really dark. And I asked my wife if she picked up on this and she did not. So I'm curious if I'm just imagining this or if the ride really is a journey through life all the way to death and into rebirth, because that was my takeaway. I'm going to cover that on the second half of today's show. Before I can do that, make sure you head over to americaoutloud.store where you can check out all the different sponsors of the show and help support the network through your purchases. Uh, also, I just want to give a very healthy thank you to all the people who have been supporting my show by buying me a cup of coffee at buymeacoffee.com backslash bald America. As I shared on the show about a week ago, I did get a new computer uh, with some of the funds helped offset the cost that you guys were able to help raise. So thank you very much. Uh, I appreciate it. You know, even if it's a uh, $15, it does mean a lot to me to know that I have listeners that truly care about the content that I'm putting forward. And I hope that I'm continuing to honor that for you. All right, everybody, I'll be right back. You're listening to America Emboldened with Greg Bolden on the America Out Loud Network. Changing the world one person at a time. Here we take on the challenges of our generation so that we can preserve future generations. We know that if America fails, the world will fail. It is incumbent upon us to carry the torch for liberty. America Out Loud Talk Radio. It's a fight for the soul of humanity. I'm so confused. I don't know what to do. I'm afraid of going to the hospital. My doctor tells me nutrition doesn't work. Trust is earned. We are the Energetic Health Institute, and we want to earn your trust. Natural medicine, holistic nutrition, detoxification, fasting, cellular healing, and so much more. Remember, the best way to be free is to be healthy. So stop being a patient and start being a student at energetichealthinstitute.org. Maintaining a strong immune system has never been more critical. Nutrition company Healthy Cell created Immune Super Boost to help you strengthen your immunity. Unlike other supplements that don't work, Immune Super Boost is not a pill. It's a gel you swallow with ultra absorption of science-backed nutrients proven to support immunity, like vitamin C, D3, zinc, elderberry, and echinacea. Go to HealthyCell.com and use limited time code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Risk-free, love it, or your money back, guaranteed. HealthyCell.com, code out loud. Welcome back, Bold American, second half of the show here. We are talking about It's a Small World, and I kind of gave you that principle right before we ended that we're all in this world together. It's a world of diversity. Now, that does not mean that all diversity that's in this world, all viewpoints are going to be acceptable, right? Grooming is a true thing. I mean, God, all you got to do is look at the Flash movie and uh, Ezra and um, Ezra Miller. You 
like abducted a child, started a cult, basically, the guy playing The Flash. Now, it was a great film, but uh, that all stated, we know that there are predators out there. And I'm kind of curious whether or not Disney attracts some of those predators to be around children. Uh, I'm very curious about that, actually. So while I don't think that Disney itself is doing anything to try to turn my children gay, maybe the people that Disney employs do have an agenda. And so I think that's important to, to point out and pay attention to. And perhaps when we talk about Hollywood, we talk about the movies that are out there and all these different things. Perhaps that's really what people are experiencing. They're experiencing who corporate hires that has their own agenda. And then all of a sudden, Disney has to deal with the backlash of it. But maybe Disney isn't moving away from that backlash because they're making bank. I mean, God, they're paying $5 in these parks, $6 for a bottle of water, right? They're rebranding something that came naturally from the earth and they're destroying your wallet with it. Uh, getting around Disney is very, very expensive. That is one thing. I've We brought groceries here at the place where we're staying and uh, we are enjoying food that we're bringing into the park instead. We're saving our money this time around. All right, so I wanted to get back to It's a Small World, right? It's a Small World is, I think, the greatest storyline in the entire park because I never realized that it's an extent existential ride. Now, if you guys are not aware of what existentialism is, right? Maybe you've never taken existential. It's a philosophical uh, approach to figure out what is the existence for the individual person as a free and responsible agent figuring out how they will develop their acts in this world through will. And so it's a small world as you're going through. If everybody just wants to live together, well, then we have this philosophy of how we should live our lives to make sure that each individual person can be free and responsible, which in many ways is what the Constitution was all about. So apply this to this ride. As we go through, we start seeing more and more animals. They're singing the song until... And as you go from room to room, the language changes. So like the, the song morphs from English to French to Japanese... And as you get to the end of the ride, it becomes mumbled and slowed and it's groaning. It reminds me of the way Edgar Allan Poe would tell uh, the story of the bells, bells, bells. And as you hear the words, it slows the rhythm, the, the meter of the poetry. So does the, the, the ride. And as everything slows and comes to an end, you enter the final room and everybody is all dressed in white. And this is no accident. This is a representation of the afterlife. In fact, a few of these characters even have angel wings as they're doing their song with a hymnal in their hands. That is not an accident whatsoever. And so it made me very curious who is the person who designed this ride? Well, it was Mary Blair. And Mary Blair worked on it as part of the World's Fair, which I was not aware. It was a tribute to children of the World's Fair for a UNICEF pavilion back in 1964, 1965. And she was part of a team of Imagineers 
which was uh, what Walt Disney would have as part of an animator, artist, designer. And so Mary uh, was somebody who was prominently working for Alice in Wonderland, Peter Pan, Song of the South, and Cinderella, which by the way, Song of the South just got canceled in Magic Kingdom. They just took down Splash Mountain because of that. So, you know, even Mary Blair, the It's a Small World, is capable of having some of her work get canceled. Now, she also created all the character designs for Disneyland's It's a Small World. She created a Fiesta scene in Epcot's World Showcase. And then that later inspires the Walt Disney World version of everything. She had a very long career as well. Uh, she started back in the 1930s. Uh, she joined in the 1940s, uh, Walt Disney Animation. She briefly worked on Dumbo and the Lady and the Tramp first version, not the one that aired uh, Fantasia. Uh, she worked on that. And that wasn't even released, uh, the Baby Ballet, until long after her death when it aired in 1990. So why would she create something like this? So she apparently created murals all around Disney parks and hotels, and um, sometimes they were done in tiles. And other times she would do things outside of Walt Disney. She worked for people that were creating uh, ceramic murals for different buildings like the I Institute in University of California. Now the theme, Walt Disney wanted this person's work because he loved her use of color. He thought Mary Blair had this awesome way to get things to pop. And you can see her work now all throughout Disney in Tomorrowland and Disney's Contemporary Resort and Walt Disney World. Uh, she would even go on to make uh, note cards for Hallmark. And uh, in 1968, she was the color designer on the film How to Succeed in Business Without Really Trying. And she eventually uh, moved to Washington uh, for her husband, Lee Blair's military career before a return back to her home studio in Long Island, New York. There you go, Chris Michaels, if you're listening, Long Island, New York has made its way back as the epicenter into everything. Uh, she has a lot of different work that is now able to be seen all over the world, as well as a mural in her own hometown of McAllister, Oklahoma, where she was born. Other people that are now giving uh, lots of different visual representations of her work. So Mary Blair created all this. She passed away at the age of 66 back in 1978. Why did I want to... Kind of cover who she is because I think that the creator is somebody that should be paid attention to when you have such a deep underpinning of death and dying at the end of this ride. It was not accidental that as you go through It's a Small World, that the music drones along until it almost comes to an absolute stop. It's discordant, it's despondent. And then you enter into this heavenly scene. And when you get to the heavenly scene, at the very, very, very end, there's signs in every language saying goodbye to you. And then what happens? You come out the other side only to be rebirthed once again back into the ride. It's a loop. It's a circle. It goes through repeatedly. And it seems like it never ends. It is the alpha and the omega of the park. It is biblical in a sense. 
all of the earth's creatures, all of the earth's people underneath one dwelling, living, celebrating, getting along, hopefully, in the best way that they're capable of, only to die and to start all over again. Is this Disney giving a concept that we are all going to be reincarnated? Is this Disney given a concept of what they believe the world's religions should be? That there is a heaven and it's angelic, but we don't stay there forever. We come back down. We even say goodbye to heaven at some point in time, because that is certainly what the ride is projecting from an existential standpoint. I, I couldn't believe it as I'm going through this. I'm thinking, how did I miss this? The first time I went on, I was a child. I get it. But how did I miss this a few years ago when I went on this ride with my son and my daughter and my family? I did not figure this out whatsoever. Now, an existentialist believes that the nature of our very existence is completely individualized to each individual. So however we're defined by our existence, it is the relationship to other people and things in the world. We believe if you're an existentialist, that each person must choose and commit to the meaning and direction of your personal life, which means some people are going to choose things that may make us a little bit more uncomfortable. Now, the opposite of an existentialist, which is not what I believe it's a small world is about, but I believe that this is very prominent right now in this world. The people that are at polar opposites with it's a small world are nihilist. Nihilists believe that life is completely meaningless and that the only known truth is the existence of the self. So an existentialist could believe that life is meaningless as well, but that meaning can be given by the individual. So there is a complete difference between the two. Also, existentialism stresses that human existence could be the result of chance or accident. So is it's a small world kind of like, hey, we're all going to party and then we die and we go wherever, but no one really knows. Goodbye. It's been nice. And maybe there's a finality to it. Maybe it's not rebirth. Is that what you know Blair was trying to get at when she was creating this ride? All I know is I came to Disney looking for a story to record for the podcast, and I thought it was going to all be about the woke politics of Disney. But what I discovered was that within the Disney theme parks, within the rides, they're really absent of these messages. The rides themselves, the businesses themselves, they're just there to sell you candy and goods. They just want you buying their t-shirts. And so they're going to market to every single individual to the best of their ability in order to get you buy things. They're not the threat to you. They're not. The threat to you are the people that they employ that are nihilist that want to take away your ability to define your life for yourself. And so it was in this ride, It's a Small World of existentialism that I discovered that that is the true issue, I believe, that people have when we look at the movies and everything else. It's not about us not being able to get along. It's about the fact that there's bad apples out there that would like to annihilate your belief system, would like to annihilate 
the fact that we all are called to live on this earth gently together because in their existence, their meaning can only have the meaning they want if they can ruin yours. I'm reporting live here from sunny Orlando. We're calling for a little bit of rain here today, but I'm having a good time down here. I'll be back on Friday with yet another show. Um, trying to connect with some people while I'm down here as well. Maybe get some voices on here. I purposely have not been interviewing people in the park just because at this point in time, I haven't felt comfortable doing so. I want people to be enjoying their experience. But if the opportunity does arise, you might hear some voices on the show. I'll certainly record them. I brought some microphones with me. Uh, but until then, I hope I honored your time today well. Remember, everybody, it's a small world after all. Make the most of it. You've been listening to America Emboldened with Greg Bolden here on the America Out Loud Network. Be bold, America. Uh-huh.